Hello, hello, sleepyheads. Joey here. Welcome back to Droolish. Let's get to it. Welcome back to Droolish. I'm your host, Joey Montano. Today, well, it's episode 50, which means I've lasted... 49 more episodes than I actually really planned on showing and doing this podcast, which is crazy. What started out as a, uh, well, more of a joke of a concept, and I thought it was a, a fun twist on kind of who I am and how I talk, and more of a way to communicate with people, at least out loud, and, and try to improve my communication skills, uh, has turned into a, uh, well, I would say mildly popular sleeping podcast. Um, I use the term mildly popular uh in a sense of uh the fact that i have more than like 20 people listening and i find that to be phenomenal uh and uh and i i don't know i i'd like to start these episodes just letting you guys know especially if you are new to the podcast that this is a sleep and relaxation podcast focusing you focusing on helping you sleep relax uh get your mind off of your day and hopefully kind of be the voice that just kind of shuts out your inner thoughts that might keep you up at night. If you have insomnia uh, and you're trying just to help go to sleep, I'll do what I can to uh, create a calm, calm environment. Uh, from my experience, my voice tends to have a yawn-inducing effect. So if this is, if, if this is your first time listening, as mentioned before, uh, this may help. This might not help. But my goal is to help you fall asleep. And bonus, I want to try to bring you guys value in any way, shape, or form that I can. I do that by adding nice, calming, ambiance noises that are blended into the podcast. And I try to talk about subjects that will hopefully help you guys out in a sense of bringing you value uh, in earlier in the year. And more of the recent episodes, I've talked about sports betting, uh, more specifically Super Bowl bets, uh, sports picks, Startup ideas, which is today's subject. We're going to finish out my remaining list. Not to say that uh, I'm out of ideas. It's just these are the ones I've written down. So this is the uh, part. I don't know what part we're on. Like part nine? Now we're, we're on part eight. So part eight of the 100 startup ideas to steal and profit from. Uh, most of these ideas are probably... There's probably someone out there who might have made some of these. Uh, just to preface, this list was generated probably at least eight or nine, maybe ten plus years ago. Uh, and I decided to pull up all the ideas I've written down and typed out in other computers, other documentation that I've had. And I, I come to the realization that, one, I am never, I can't say never, but the likelihood of me pursuing all of these is very low like so low because I just have so many ideas and everyone says in life and I felt like I wanted to prove people wrong that uh, you need to stick with one thing <laughs> and if you want like really massive success or you want to do stuff do stuff I do want to get to the point to where um, whatever I end up doing I do hope to eventually build some of these products um, but I am equally happy and very happy to be honest if I had an idea that might have been made years back or an idea that came up years back and someone else eventually made it like more recently because that is a problem that I had that I wanted to create an idea or an app or whatever for that someone else solved. So it's a win-win 
Uh, hopefully these ideas might inspire some of you to take it, steal it, develop it your own, or build something around it. Uh, and if it's an idea that I feel like I'm going to do myself, well, don't worry. If you try to take it, I feel like I'll do a much better job than you are because I have it all planned out in my head. Kind of, kind of serious, kind of joking. But, uh, but the likelihood of me actually getting through all these is very low, and it, it's just my philosophy that there are, going to pe there are going to be people out there who are action takers and people who are inspired to take action based off of what they see or what they hear, or maybe there's just something that's missing in their life and, they, and there's a problem that they don't have. And in the craziest of worlds is hearing the solution might be that prompt for them to take action to solve a problem that I might have. Um, and when I say me, I mean, it's going to be a problem that I think we all might have. And by talking about these ideas are going to be something that's resonating. Uh, I've learned that, especially in the last few months, that I love to talk about ideas, but I never take action, but I usually do it in a one-on-one -on -one setting. And I don't like that impression of telling people, hey, we should do this, and then never follow following up with it or taking action. Um, whereas here, I'd rather tell uh, people who are listening, who are trying to sleep, that might just, like I said, might have... A long day or maybe they're just trying to sleep and they just need a voice just to distract them for the day-to-day -day. or people who are sleeping this might be a way to inspire new ideas or innovative ideas or something to build off of um, just purely by listening so uh, I'm hoping to play the numbers game of just throwing out as many ideas as I can based off like the amount of listeners that might listen that might be able to turn some some of these into reality or maybe they already just need that extra I don't know, idea or concept of they can move forward. Because I know a lot of people that say, you know, I take action, but I'm just waiting to find the right idea. I'm waiting to find X, Y, Z. Um, and for me, I have no problem releasing my ideas and sounding like an idiot if it's wrong or right. Uh, it's just my inability to take action on all of them is actually what's stopping me. So uh, maybe one day, I said I'll get to the point, maybe I can become like the next Elon Musk and just, just find people and get have them solve the problems for me but um, but I documented a lot of these ideas and I, I documented currently up to 56 of them and today we're going to be revealing items 51 through 56 and uh, I'll say items the, the startups I've written probably another 20 down in my notes since starting the series and the likelihood of me finishing this series at this pace uh, I've been doing like an, uh, an episode maybe like once a week. It's going to be slowing down probably in the next month or two because I really do have to spend time to find and, and think about what I've written and try to conceptualize it in a way that is understandable. Or at least I'm doing what I can to try to make that happen. Um, that said, a lot of these ideas are still in the concept phase and uh, I'll do my best to actually probably do like a Google search and see if there's been an alternative that might, uh, might, that might suffice that actually wins the idea and I will link to them in the description obviously I've done that before give them credit where credit's due I, I love that stuff so so let's let's begin guys idea number one I call this uh, champion cards There's, it does not have a unique or cool name and I feel like this one might actually have a lot of runway um, if it's executed brilliantly and I feel like I don't have the ability to execute it brilliantly um, I written some of these on index cards and kind of what they're supposed to look like um, but the concept behind a champion card is that these are 
say, resumes, but in the form of playing cards. Uh, maybe like a real card or something that's able to submit, like think of like a Magic the Gathering card or something that would be more official looking. Um, but it is very, it's highly graphical. And all of your resume information is placed on this card. So this might, this could be someone who might be looking on the job force. Uh, this could be a, a universal thing. This might be something I might do in my spare time if, I'm, if I ever decide to uh, apply at a company or try to go for like a cool creative position um, and want to stand out. I don't know, but uh, feel free to take this one um, if it ends up being massive distributed. I would prefer that. I just don't want someone to do this and show up on Reddit and then they'll be that guy that does it for themselves and doesn't help anyone else. I don't know. But if you are, but I would prefer this to be publicly done and not just solo done. Um, mainly because I feel like I feel like I'm greedy in this one, but whatever. Um, but I think it's a unique concept where in the form of like a, a card where you on the front side you'll have you know a cool little photo of you uh, kind of like you have a square maybe a hexagon like on the top half uh, could be you uh, doing work performing professional photo it doesn't matter then on the bottom two-thirds or half uh, are simply your stats and it could be related to the industry that you're in so it can say team building you know X points out of this or team building this uh, or just traits like team building great analytics amazing uh, managing others or whatever you know top tier or like have like six or seven stats that just say here's my score on all this and ideally these champion cards are also I would like them to be like interactive like digital not just a regular flattened card but it's a it's a it's a thing that you can update over time so it says you know ability to work in teams like 85 or 100 or something like that or maybe just give them like an A, B, C, C grade. Uh, but it's something that can easily be read in seconds. It could be the skills that you that you provide. So it might be like uh, SQL, advanced, you know, or or uh, like PHP, like B skills, or just hard skills that are related to the position. The key factor in this though is that if it's digital, you can actually send like a real card to a company and be like, here is what I think matters in this card and here's what matters to you. And then and then in the back of the card could be like your your resume in the sense of saying, here's where you worked, here are your like two or three things you've done, here are the results. Work results, work results. That's all. I think you can give yourself a score like out of a thousand. So like saying over time, like I've got ten years experience and like say doing marketing. Uh, working in like the CPA industry and I've helped crew companies make like millions of dollars just as an example like you can give yourself a score and it's not gonna be a score out of a hundred it's gonna be like a four-digit score like up to nine 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 that way you can kind of address like the, I don't know the, the quality of it uh, of like the skills that you bring now it sounds a little bit crazy and it's hard to conceptualize I wrote a note here that says um, it's just a way to tell your life story so you could say like here, like here are the like three or four things that matter to me, and what I want you guys to know as a company of what I bring to the table. And on the back here is what um, my background possesses. I think it's unique for one. Two, I think this might be pulled off really well in the tech space, where in I would say specifically in the tech space, where people are more open to looking at things that are new. I think especially if you talk about going to like speaking to upper level people, 
especially directly if you're able to get that card in front of like C level, D level, or just management, like specialized positions and not just a HR. It's just a quick way for people to get to the point. You know, they're not reading the full resume. They're not, you're not giving them reasons to not pick you for one. Uh, two, it's an alternative to LinkedIn. So you can also link, you could press, you can technically go to LinkedIn. You can have your LinkedIn, uh, your profile posted there as well. And three, I just think it's cool. There's nothing more to do it. I mean, how would you like, I mean, most people try to put all of their career in a resume form. Like, why not? Why not just get to the point and just say, here's what I can do. Here's what I can offer. And here are my results. And here's how I can help you. Uh, here's how I can help you is probably in the more cover letter part. But uh, ideally, you want to attract this person's attention, like whoever you're going to hire's attention, to get them to the interview. And then you can go from there. So I think this is going to be a unique first impression. I also find that most people, and I won't, I'm strictly speaking from my experience, and if there are HR people, and there are a lot of different HR people in different companies that might have different philosophies, so I cannot speak for them at all. I can only speak for some, but not all, and I don't know how many is some, so keep that in mind. But if you're someone who is an HR and you're looking for certain roles or you're looking for certain candidates to stand out, you obviously want to hire the best of the best, especially for a role that requires you know, more active thinking, you know, to bring more value to the company. Uh, I don't think it's relevant if you're trying to do like a champion card for like, you know, McDonald's cashier. Okay. That, that, that's like the application stuff. You, you, you want to distinguish yourself as, uh, I don't know, as high, as high concept or top level as you can be to the right people. And a champion card could just be something where maybe the best of the best just have them. And if they're digital, it costs money to make it and send it out or whatever. But I think it's a pretty good first impression or a unique first impression. And in the right crowd, it will work. Uh, especially for me, I, I update my resume fairly frequently. Uh, not that I haven't worked for a job in years, but it's always good to go back, uh, rewind, and and kind of recollect all of the experiences and learnings that you had over that because over time you might lose some of these skills or you might forget you had certain skills and this is kind of like backlogged in, the, in your file and if you're able to recall kind of what you did and how you did it you can at least work from that foundational uh, base set in a different role or a position or if you're working for a client you can you can speak from those experiences that are more vivid and not just pure uh, quote-unquote nostalgia form so uh, you know I, I i digress there but uh, that's an idea champion champion cards idea number two now this is similar to what i mentioned probably a few episodes back uh similar to the chain productivity app i mentioned and i think that the name was called uh let's see here uh yeah it's just called chain it's a pretty cool x habit and i think i immediately found the alternative, which was Habit Bowl. But this is chain-specific. Uh, chain-specific app uh, with a variation. Uh, but you can do it in multiple, so it's like like a Kentucky Derby casino game. So this is like a gamified version of like a, of, of a productivity, a daily productivity app that you're tracking. Each day you must complete a goal, and the more goals you complete daily in a row, the farther you go. Goals to keep the horse running, you can go at your own pace. Solo horse, one horse, two horse. So, I don't know if I, I, this wrote when I wrote this. This wasn't as clear because it says uh, you must complete or you must 
PC, you complete a must goal. Which I am trying to re recollect what that must goal is. But I think it's more so of kind of building yourself up into more positive habits slowly but surely. Uh, and I think uh, I think James Ulcher, uh, I think he's been on TV, he's got a book too. Uh, I found it pretty interesting. It's called uh, Reavenge Yourself. He talks about improving yourself just 1% daily and just building from that 1%. So, uh, example is you can literally just play video games 24 hours a day, smoke weed, and like, I don't know, like smoke 20,000 cigarettes. You know, that could be your baseline. I highly suggest not doing that. It's probably very unhealthy. But say the next day, you can say like, oh, you know what, let's just try to go to sleep for eight hours and not smoke and, and cut, you know, do that for the next day. So cool, you know, you've improved your lifestyle by 33% or whatever. Then the next day you can say, okay, well, let's, as opposed to smoking a thousand cigarettes a day, let's just smoke, I don't know, two cartons, which is probably a hundred cigarettes or something like that. Maybe more, who knows? For me, like one carton. It's like, cool, you've improved. Like, you're still doing unhealthy habits, but you're improving yourself very incrementally, and you're just building from that. So you're not you're not overworking, you're not overburning yourself. So I'm pretty sure, going back to this muscle, is that every day when you do this activity, you can just stretch out what the, what the next day is and what you want to cut off or what, what you want to improve. But that's kind of, I think that's kind of, in general, how... My, at least my personal opinion how we all should operate just kind of being a little bit better all the time but this is a nice way of tracking it so if you have a, so if you have a horse in the race which is you and say oh I want to I don't know cut out on pizza and it, it could be a, maybe it could be a stagnant thing too uh, I'm not particularly sure but say like I want to cut out pizza for every single day and I'm a big pizza eater cool um, my horse moves up one one step a day for every day I don't have pizza and you can actually set goals with other people who are also trying to improve their their productivity. And you guys can set each other in races. And it's like, hey, day one, I didn't eat pizza. This person, other person went to the gym, okay? And the more I think about it, it seems like this would actually make more sense if you um, put, put like a certain length based off of the goal that you're trying to accomplish. So it's like, let's just try to put the weight of not eating bad, like not eating pizza versus going to the gym for 45 minutes the day or like say like running for 45 minutes the running for 45 minutes might be more beneficial than not eating the pizza who knows but maybe you might get like two like one and a half steps versus one in this whole race that you're trying to beat other people which might inspire you to be to unleash your competitive side to add another habit that you'd want to take so it might be like oh i'm not not only am i not eating pizza i am drinking eight bottles of water a day you know and I think there should be some pre preset settings because you can't say like I'm I'm gonna stop eating pizza, potato chips, and just that. Like you you don't you shouldn't give yourself like three steps just to when all that stuff is categorized. It should just be like yeah, just stop eating junk food. Okay, just keep it simple. I I, I think that is pretty good. You can go at your own pace, but you can also make it competitive. So uh, I. I don't know, I, I really am a big fan of the, of the competitive like gamification aspect, and I frequently mention that a lot in a lot of my ideas. It's just turning everything into games, because I, I, I feel like that's kind of the whole point. Uh, I don't know, like when I... And this is going to be story time, so feel free to skip this, but it's story time. But whenever I had my first job, like first actual big boy job, uh, you know, working at, <laughs> working at like a small company, I told myself, 
um, since it was online, like I set myself goals and standards of like getting listings up, like listings per hour, and then reverse engineering like the skills I need to actually make the site better as a game. And I'm like, oh, if I do these listings here, it's going to be great. And then I would learn SEO and be like, oh, maybe if I optimize these listings this way, um, we can get more traffic in X amount of days. And I would focus on the speed of getting the job done and then focusing on the quality and then going back and measuring it um, based on analytics. And for me, it was just one big game of me getting better. And that's usually always been the case. Uh, and it's something I feel like I've kind of lost up until recently. And I think this podcast has certainly helped. But uh, I thoroughly love and enjoy gamifying everything. Uh, even one of the things I'm doing now, and I mentioned this in my previous episode, is that uh, I'm focusing on tracking time. And, you know, tracking time of like productivity and not productivity stuff. So my name of the game is just to look at the week and look at how many hours I haven't done much and assign those activities like a dollar value and then and then try to improve upon that. So the name of the game is just to be more efficient and and just start doing things that are more high value and start cutting and start cutting out more of the um, very, very detrimental stuff, which is like literally just doing absolutely nothing. And like yeah, that's pretty much it. It's like you like even watching Netflix is like more it's more productive than, I don't know, like, say, just getting drunk all the time. I'm not using that as a personal example. It's just an example that, uh, you know, there are activities that you do that might actually hurt you as opposed to help you. Or, you know, like, hanging out in, like, a back alley and with, like, scumbags or something like that. Um, or people want to stab you. Like, that's a worse activity than watching Netflix. You know, that stuff. Anyways. Uh, the point I'm trying to say is like I really like to gamify the stuff in this chain productivity app when you set when you compare your goals and settings with other people and you kind of turn it into a competition. I think that actually helps us kind of keep in alignment and makes us our best selves. Just just my two cents though. So. Our idea three that I have. Now this is more of a startup could be an app too. And I'll give you guys the pitch here. So uh, the name of the thing's called Middleman. And what I've noticed is what, like whenever I move, and I like to, I feel like I'm a nomad app, I just move wherever. Whenever I move, and especially for people who are, who are just accumulating stuff, it's annoying to move all of your items. And if you want to hire, if you want to do it yourself moves, I feel like that's more appropriate for apartments or small moves or people who just really want to take on whatever or they just have friends and they can just do everything else uh, but certain moves that whether it be like across state across country something that's more than it's going to take up like half a day or a day of your time i would highly suggest professionals at some sort of level like you have local movers that's great um, but what about like national moves uh, national national moves can be fairly pricey depending on who you go and uh, there are some good companies out there that you know can make uh, moving affordable, but every move is really unique to your needs. So just imagine if there was a way to dramatically cut your moving cost. As a matter of fact, you might actually make money on your move. Would that be possible? So that's where Middleman comes in. It should be, I believe this is a startup where um, for X amount of dollars, like they will pay you whatever, they'll scope your house and they'll say, what do you want to keep? What do you want to get rid of? And 
from like your tables, your couches, and everything else, they'll just say, okay, well, here's the deal. We will give you like $1,500 for you to not even worry about this stuff ever again. And you can take what you need with a moving company elsewhere and do your quote, and we'll call it good. Uh, what that does is, for me, like, I hate selling my stuff. I hate meeting people on Craigslist, trying to sell my stuff, waiting for people to show up on things that I don't want to move. It could be days, weeks, because I had to deal with this when I was back in Vegas. Uh, just having someone just to do that work for you would, would be great. Um, and I thought about that as being like another idea too, and uh, just hire someone just to sell this stuff for you. But I figure, why, why can't someone just come in and just upfront the cost and be like, hey, here's the money, I'll take it. And what that company will do, what Middleman will do, is they can either team up or make their own infrastructure set up to where they can just sell that stuff directly to other people, like it's a co-signing shop. The thing is, uh, I haven't done enough information in speaking to co-signment co owners. From, from what I have been able to at least figure out is that some of these companies, they have uh, pricing experts that will go out and they'll look at the things that you want to sell, uh, specifically for co-signment. That generally works for like furniture or like tool, I don't say mainly furniture, like tables, chairs, beds, whatever. And they'll price it out and they kind of expect how long it's going to sell and it's generally between like 90 days. And, and they'll do the pricing and then they'll cut the pricing after like 90 days and 180 days or something along those lines. The thing about that though is that for every time I go to a co-signment shop, a lot of these prices are pretty high. Like they're high enough to where like I don't find them to be good values or deals uh, when I can go to like I don't know, like local thrift shops and probably find something decent or just go on Facebook Marketplace. So I feel like there is a need between people who don't want to go on Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist or whatever, and people who just want to sell and people who don't want to deal with consignment shops and wait for months to get their money. I feel like there's going to be a good amount of people, probably young adults, money or jobs that are just moving that are going to say, screw everything that I own here. I'm just going to buy everything else elsewhere, which is also another Another uh, thing you can do too is, as opposed to moving all your stuff, the, you know, middleman will just buy everything on the spot, just keep the 10 things that matter to you, and then drive to your new location elsewhere and buy the stuff from the money you made from selling your old stuff. Now, you know, it's something that you cannot guarantee top dollar for. You're clearly selling, you're giving up value for convenience of not actually having to worry about anything. Um, so like I said, where middleman comes in is obviously they, they might pay like $1,000 for like a whole housing set, include beds and everything else, uh, or $1,500, whatever, whatever the pricing makes sense. They can turn around and create their own co-signment shop or their own location and then resell that to people in their city, or they can go ahead and, you know, post their stuff on Facebook and everything else and get sales for like two or three times the amount of price. Now, I want to say it sounds shysty or shady, but it doesn't. Uh, especially when you think about the idea that the you know the middlemen are going to be taking, you know, you know they're, they're going to be paying for the items that you have, but they also have to actually sell the items, and they're going to have to be housing inventory. They're going to have to be uh, actively trying to find the good prop price points, and it might not even be profitable overall. It still might take three months to sell like a table that that you probably bought for like two hundred dollars could be worth. $1,500 like at Art Band, but you end up selling it for $500 after three months at the co-signment shop. So between upkeep and getting all that going, I feel like it could be profitable, but I don't think it's going to be like game-breaking profitability rolling in the dough. However, 
this does solve the problem of people who just don't want to deal with moving uh, or don't want to deal with selling their stuff when they move. That's kind of where I, I believe where Middleman steps in. Uh, now, I did pull this up. There are some companies that might do similar services. Um, they, they don't buy everything else up front, uh, but it's more of a way to... Uh, it's kind of like, I should say, I should say co-assignment reimagined, maybe. Uh, and this is an article I found on, on the Spruce. And there are uh, sites that will do, like, they'll oversell your clothes and accessor accessories. Uh, one is called ThreadUp. Uh, you can request a clean, request a free clean-out kit. That's an online reseller, and they'll send you a large bag in which you can place items you want to get rid of. If you send it back, they'll post it for sale and then send you a portion of the proceeds. So I don't know the percentages of that, but they do follow that concept. Uh, if you are someone who does designer clothing, there's a site called Tradesy. Uh, and you can take photos and listen online with Tradesy. If you make a sale, the company sends you a prepaid, pre-addressed shipping kit, and they take a small commission on each sale. So that seems pretty cool, too. They actually, you just take the photos. Like, oh, oh, you take it on, online, and if you make the sale, they'll do all the shipping for you. That's actually pretty cool, because uh, I don't want to deal with that stuff. So. That's a that's not a bad idea. So there's ThreadUp and Tradesy that does that for clothing and accessories. It's not like the upfront money that you'd be getting. Um, so uh, let's see. And then they have uh, they have other ones that require you to pay money, which I don't get. So they have higher junk removal services. No, house and estate sale that might cost you money. Like I don't want like you shouldn't. It shouldn't cost you money to sell you your stuff that other people can buy at discount deep discount already. Okay, that's like the nature of supply and demand, and like time and value. Like, if you want something sold now, you're gonna have to go down in price. Uh, if you want to wait like a month, you can hold out. You can wait, and then you get 50 or 100% more on the value. But it's your it's someone's idea of time, value, of money. Uh, but I, I think that's gonna be a, that. I think that might be a sweet spot for people. Uh, it's just setting it's, it's just setting up the infrastructure. But seriously, I need to. I. I I feel like that one has legs, but I really need to find someone who is actually deep into, into co-assignment and understands, like, the art of it and, like, pricing and whatnot and how much it costs to, like, rent places out. Uh, I'm pretty sure I'm just told, like, I'm pretty sure I just said the formula of doing it. I just haven't done it. So that, that's on me. That's on me, guys. All right, we got three more left. So this one, uh, number 54 on my list, I call it Simple Tech. It's for web maintenance for those who don't want to think. That, that's that's it. And it, it's just, uh, I, I I think that's straightforward. I feel like I'm stuttering, but it's yeah, it's people who are like, I want a website, and I want you guys to do everything, and I just want to make money. It's almost like a magic pill. And I know there are certain uh, sites that do like rental, like that do leasing uh, of the site, like they do site leasing, and I thought about just doing that uh, this year just create like a hundred sites and then sell them to people. But I would like the idea of just saying, hey, like if you have a website, well, here, just pay us like 500 or a thousand a month and we'll make it, we'll make it, we'll make it money and we'll get all the leads for you. Like don't overthink this or even more. Just work out the math of how much, like look at the industry and how much they're making and look at the quality of leads because if people are paying like 50 bucks just to get a click, like those are valuable leads. And uh, you'd have to, spend the resources and stuff to actually sell your message and you know reverse engineer how much it would actually cost and take to make that happen but that's it it's just a, it's a simple tech 
you can just do certain plans. It's like, hey, you just want standard web website maintenance? Like, you want to make sure your site doesn't go down on WordPress? Well, I got you. All right, well, we can get you set up with the right host. We'll make sure you're, you never have to worry about that again. You always have a presence online. And it's not too much, but you're, you're pretty much paying peace of mind and just getting a lot of people who are very, very tech, like, non-tech savvy, like, they're tech handicapped. Uh, get them off the ground for them to feel like they're doing the right thing. Obviously, the agency would actually have to do the right thing. And luckily, it's like, if it's my company, I'll make sure I'll make sure that'll be the case. But it's, I don't know, I feel like it's a, it's a, it's a simple concept. I get it. But I don't think many people are simplifying it. It's just like, let's, let's say, um, I'll just do a quick Google. Um, say I'm old, I'm old and want someone to do all the website stuff for, for me. Who do I hire? I want to hire someone there's indeed why you should not hire a web designer in 2020. Get out of here. It's like local handyman. Yeah, so I don't think there is... Yeah, I don't... Like, it's not just building a website, but it's just like... It's like, hey, we're just going to create a simple site. And it, I don't think it needs to cost too much. It's just, it's like the 80-20 rule. Just do the 20% effort to get the 80% results. And that's like all that you need is like you're paying for the perfect 80-20 ratio. Like your messaging will be on point. The website design will convey the message for 80% of the folks that you want to get because that's going to be 20%. Yeah, so it's, so I, I think that's, I don't think it's an innovative idea. I think it's an idea I haven't found. Maybe, like I said, maybe I'm just typing in the wrong words. I think there, you guys can come up with a better word for it. So um, if you guys have any feedback regarding this or any other ideas, feel free to send me an email at the droolishpodcast at gmail.com or feel free, feel free to add me on Twitter or send me a message on Twitter at droolishpodcast. Um, but yeah, I feel like I feel like there's a missing blank here. Luckily, it's content for me, and I'm not in front of like a billion investors, because that'd be ridiculous for me to be on Shark Tank, and I'd sound like this. That that would be a terrible showing, atrocious showing. Okay, I need to calm myself down. I know I'm trying to help you guys fall asleep, and if if you are sleeping and you're still listening to this voice, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but seriously, I I will tone it down. We're down to two ideas left. Idea number fifty-five. Uh, these next two are more recent ones that I kind of brought back to life. I kind of forgot, but remembered. Um, and this one might exist already. It's a tutor app. I don't have a name for it. It's just in concept phase. But uh, I hate doing these comparisons, but I think of like the Uber of tutor, or the tutor of Ubers. And well, I, I get why people don't like saying it's Uber of blah, blah, blah. It's, it's a, I think it's a problem. It's to solve problem that I think a lot of people are trying to trying to like understand um, or try to fall through because like if I were to go for find tutors online find a tutor near me or online uh, I see like Wizant uh, let's see yeah W-I-Z-A-N-T there's online tutoring services these are more sites and not apps uh, that people post online and it's not geo-specific based uh, and I think there was a there was one that existed I looked at this up like four years ago and it's not showing up anymore but this is hey tutor search select include photos qualifications bio and schedule 
one of my tutoring subject. Okay. So the big thing with tutors that I've noticed is that I think you have to schedule ahead of time and and I, I mean oh, that's pretty much it. Scheduling ahead of time and finding finding available ones. Now if you are in a bigger area, a bigger city, or even a smaller city with like schooling and people who actually know what they're talking about, I think having a system where you can go online and see, you know, who are the tutors within like five or ten minutes from me because I need help understanding this test tonight or tomorrow or my availability are these dates and times. I think having a more integrated and seamless way of getting these people, these tutors, uh, available and showing like their availability and like the subjects that they've learned or mastered and they've they've literally helped others uh, would be very beneficial. And I feel like it's not seamless. There are just a lot of other sites that say, "Hey, we're on these tutor sites. We're on this," but it's not it's not done like visually. At least that I, from what I can tell. So just imagine just pulling up your phone and be like, "All right, I need a tutor for." my seven-year-old who's having trouble in uh, understanding like multiplications and he might not be learning it from the school or I don't know what it doesn't matter what but if he's having trouble or he's having trouble with his homework especially with how like uh, what is it there's like what Common Core people are like having new, new different ways to teach math and whatever bring in, bringing in an expert who might just want to earn an extra 20, 30 bucks, who knows the subject, who can teach it. Uh, who might actually be younger, too. It might not be an official, like, 24-year-old tutor or something like that. It might be a... that could almost be a colleague, uh, or just someone that's kind of like their age, like an 8-year-old just get, like, a 16-year-old or whatever. Like, that feels like it's not a full adult, but someone who's kind of been in that situation and might help... The, it might help these kids uh, learn better or feel more familiar with learning from, from a peer compared to a full-blown adult. That's, I feel like that's kind of what is missing. Now, I don't actually know too much about, like, the tutor, uh, like, I don't want to say lifestyle or if there's any, like, specific qualifications. Uh, I remember being tutored in, in a college for, I think, like, a calculus. And most of it was just them just walking me through the problems and then just saying things out loud and then me answering it versus me just absorbing it in class. That was pretty much it. I still did all the math. I still did everything else myself. I also did that for Spanish, and I found that to be completely useless. So, uh, so I think, and my tutor was just like another colleague. But I was very, I was more receptive to actually take advice or you know, or listen to them. But, uh, but when you're doing these tutor things, you can actually, you can actually rate the tutor and say like, hey, like, like what are like the five or six things that matter as a tutor? It's like, okay, well, they give my kid direction. Will they help him actually study? What are the actual results? You know, what, like, are they, I don't know, courteous? Or, you know, all these things. You can rate them. I think that will actually kind of raise the bar on, like, the tutors. Not really raise the bar, but, like, set a bar. I don't know if there's a bar already. But this is just, like I said, a random idea that was mentioned, uh, kind of you know, thought about in passing, like, about five or so years ago. Uh, I, I, I just think just finding people who know what they're doing, what they're talking about, uh, and more specifically, if there was a, if this app actually had tutoring tips or there's like a course that you could take so you have the ability to tutor, would be great as well. So, 
Uh, I figure you can make like the minimum age like 14 or 16 or whatever. Uh, the reason why I say that it's so low is because if you're in a smaller city or smaller area and you're still like 10 minutes away, you could ride your bike or whatever. Uh, I feel like that's fine and makes sense. I'm like, I'm not a parent though, so uh, if you're a parent and you have like a billion objective objections, well, let me know because I don't know if this idea is valid. Uh, but it could also just be one of those things where uh, we just have trust systems, there's photos, and there's like there's like those champion cards that tell, that give them like stats and numbers that say how good they are at tutoring. Because at the end of the day, we, we want results, and we want our results to be um, great without any like drawbacks and all benefits. So I think uh, this tutor app might be something. Uh, like I said, it was something that I wrote a long time ago, forgot, and now I just recently added it. And I think uh, we called it like toots or tweets or like like toots, like T-U-U-T-S or something like that. Uh, and I think if you're someone who's in the idea space, uh, that idea specifically came up between uh, like it was like between my wife, me, and her brothers who were like 14 and like 16 year old students back then. And we kind of just had an idea of like, he was just saying, he's like, man, he's like, he's like, I want a tutor, but like, there's no tutors I want to live like that are in this area or that want to come here and I don't want to go to school for a tutor because um, he's in between like school practice and everything else. And then I was like, well, what if there was like a geolocation type of, tu of a of tutor where like around your neighborhood or whatever, like they could say, oh, I know like 10th grade math. And we kind of just spitballed like the whole idea from there. So if you ever ever need ideas too outside of this podcast, just set up like a group or maybe you just go to a school and just be like, hey, like, can I just wrangle like 20 kids into this room and talk about ideas and come up with their idea, like come up with teen related ideas? Because I feel like teens are always complaining about something and they're always, I feel like they're actually more willing to offer solutions outside of just complaining if you just ask them. And I think teens just want to be heard, too. I mean, kids want to be heard, too, on top of teens. But at least, like, teens have enough experience and can actually explain in more detail about why they, why they don't like things. So, uh, yeah, take that for what it's worth. Uh, the last one, number six, I believe. This is an interesting concept more than anything. It's not so much an app. It's more of a business concept that kind of takes the wholesale idea to an extreme level so we have costco's the sam clubs that exist uh, that help regular people and businesses businesses get deeper discounts but what if there was a warehouse type store that required you you don't need a membership but it required you to throw a hundred dollars down and you're not going to get that money back that sounds ridiculous but you throw your $100 down just to get in. But by doing so, you have a $100 credit to buy anything in that store then and there. And the prices are deeper discounted. There's probably, I would have to say, way better service uh, overall, customer service. And your, for one, your average, average car value would be a minimum of $100 because people are gonna spend it. And you, we could even raise that amount to like $500 if you plan on like, going in but you're not going to get that money there you're not you're, you're not going to get your money back when you put when you go in there and the reason why i say that is because with membership places and whatnot you have to 
charge $50 up front, and then people still may or may not go to justify that price, you're still going to get people who want to come with you for free, and that might not have a membership card. Uh, that kind of defeats the purpose of having the membership, for one. You know, I mean, you need the card to make the purchase, but you can share the card for other people. I ain't about that life. I am all about, I want to buy this for me, um, or for my business. I don't want to worry about 20 other things. Uh, I don't want to make separate purchases. Like, this is my $100 or $200 credit that I'm going to buy this badass TV, these badass groceries or whatever. Like, that's the best. Like, right then and now. So I feel like it's more for, like, the direct person that already has an idea of what they want to spend, but also wants to spend the deep discounts that just knows what they want. Like, they're decisive. They come in with a plan. I think they're not... I think the people who are going to spend this money are not going to be the people who spend hours at like sam's club or whatever that are have no idea where they're going with their cards that like have no sense of proximity or time that like the try free samples and not buy anything like this is you're paying to play that's it i don't know any idea about the infrastructure <laughs> about any of this but i like the concept that, that's it. And it can work for like an online site too. You just be like, hey, you want in? Spend $100 right now and you get everything at a deep discount. Although that's not, I don't feel like that's as trustworthy because it's online and you can see whatever versus you go to a physical store and you're like, hey, here's what's being offered. Period. Uh, I think it's completely different than, I, I feel like that's actually going to be one that I feel like a lot of people probably won't be on board with. That I believe that that's something that is unique and different enough to get people really wondering and deciding like, hey, I'm going to go to the store, I will spend this money, and this is money that I can afford to spend. And hopefully that's the right people you want to have and not people who are trying to justify $100 and spending up to $100 because it's already spent. Like th those are, that's a big difference in mindset because putting $100 in and if I, have, if, I, if I have $80 worth of stuff I have to buy, and I put a hundred in, I'm not like, you don't want to force yourself to spend the extra 20 bucks. It's like, no, I have a hundred dollars just so I am guaranteed to spend this amount. So I'm not wasting anyone's time. I already know what I want and I already know what's available. And I'm pretty sure this could be like almost an upscale type, like warehouse place, uh, that, that exists. So it's, it's kind of like almost like a day membership or like a, like a price of entry membership. I don't know how it would work in the real world, but I think that's an interesting concept, or interesting enough for someone, hopefully, out there. Maybe me. Maybe future Maybe future Joey might take this into account in the future. So there you have it, folks. Six ideas on through 56 after eight episodes. Now, I like I said, I'm going to be taking some time off from these 100 idea episodes because, uh, or, you know, yeah, episode podcasts. Uh, mainly because I stopped writing these uh, like several months ago, and it's been a few months since I've started this. So I definitely want to reset and write down, not write down, but like actually get all the newer ideas that are documented on here. And I can also, and remember, these are all just I put up under startup. So I have like additional like medium articles I wanted to talk about, like theories. I had like uh, YouTube videos, books, ideas as well. And again, it's kind of beats around like the same theme I've been having is like I have a lot of ideas and I need to take action on some of these, but the podcast is a way for me to at least vocalize what I'm talking about and then 
think about in real time if it's actually a good idea or a bad idea or just revalidate something, especially down the road. Um, if I ever have the time and resources to pursue one or two of these or potentially inspire you guys if you're dreaming or get you guys thinking more about creative ideas or ways to iterate off of them. So hopefully this episode has been great for you guys. I am going to be updating or figuring out uh, additional types of shows and episode ideas um, uh, in the future. I, I know I've been, and th- now you guys, you don't, this is like non-startup time, so this is like my little sneak, my little sneak of uh, podcast material, not related to this episode. But as for the podcast, as mentioned last episode, now that the NFL season's over, I'm going to be winding down on the gambling um, talks. I want to add more variety on the podcast, and I'd like to talk about things that really do interest me. And I feel like the more I am involved in this podcast, the more I feel like I want to talk more about sleeping and sleeping habits. In the same vein, like talking about different subjects that interest me, I feel like there's only so many things that I can talk about without taking additional hours out of like my current time, day, whatever. However, I'm still going to be coming up with different types of ideas, concepts to help you guys fall asleep. Uh, more specifically, that's aimed at helping you sleep um, outside of just talking about subjects. And for the idea stuff, it's going to be less frequent until I get that stuff written down because I feel like that my best work is when I just write un- uninterrupted and my quote-unquote best work. Like, what do I sound like? Jeez. Part of it, too, I've had ideas and thoughts about um, reading and, and replying to things I see on Twitter. It might not be directed towards me, but uh, I really firmly believe that the sound of my voice, especially at this point, it is helping people fall asleep. I don't know how many people, you know, and every time I talk on this podcast, I try to do my best to just you know, pretend I'm speaking to people, to a listener that might be, you know, want, like, I, I don't know, I try, I'm doing my best not to, like, like, get, uh, I'm trying to think of the right words, like, like I don't I, like I would never see myself as like the official like voice of sleeping, for example. But I want to be someone who I, I'm a guy who put a theory that just said, "Hey, I think my voice helps people fall asleep," and I just want to talk about things that interest me that might be in alignment with how you sleep and improve your sleep quality. And I don't want to overthink this podcast. I feel like overthinking this podcast is what's going to like would end up dramatically changing it, and not for the better. Um, but in the same vein, I want to continue to improve the quality of the podcast, whether if it's like different sounds or even just different versions or talking about subjects that could have more appeal. Uh, I, I also just don't like doing what everyone else is doing. That just feels that doesn't feel like me, for example, like uh, like I don't like I don't like reading stories. I'm a terrible reader. Like I can read in my head, but like reading out loud, I feel like I jump to conclusions a lot. But I, I would rather just do things that I think that most people when I mean most people, I mean like 99% of the population would find boring and doesn't make any sense. And I want to talk about things, though, that interest me, so it brings it a nice blend of, of draw, like sleepy, like, like not boring subjects, or maybe boring subjects to you guys, I'm assuming, but like done in a mildly interesting way based on my interest level in it. And... I have no idea if that even makes sense. However, I'm always open to ideas 
input or if you have any questions i feel like i want to start adding that to the podcast as well i feel like i'm able to talk more and explain kind of like my thought process on things and that's really what i like to do is like explain my thought process on a lot of these things like in the podcast i feel like most people get really bored when i explain things more than they need to but i feel like if i don't explain everything enough then no one's fully going to understand where i'm coming from so it's kind of like a chicken and egg thing so if you have any ideas for an episode that aren't explicitly reading like stories, I really don't want to read stories, uh, like like bedtime stories, uh, but any ideas in general or questions that you might have regarding sleeping or, or just maybe a Q&A type of episode, that might be a thing, uh, feel free to send me an email at droolishpodcast.gmail.com or add me on Twitter, that's at droolishpodcast. And, you know, you can at me or send me a message. Uh, I'm not really on Facebook that much, but but I have been getting, uh, like I said, emails and feedback, and I really should spend more time putting stuff on YouTube and making this, uh, I don't know, I, I'm making this more available to people who might not just have their phone and uh, kind of have ideas for YouTube as well to where it should not uh, be intrusive to how you sleep, I, I, I believe. I like I said, there are going to be things I, I'm, I'm going to be testing uh, in the future. Also, uh, I will likely be setting up a Patreon. I've been saying this for weeks, but I, I just feel like I haven't reached a... Like, I don't know. I feel like I don't want to do a Patreon until... Like, for me, I set like a goal of like, if like 100 people listen to an episode, I might consider it. And I think I'm like almost tripling that now, which again is... blows my socks off. Um, but uh, I'm... I'm thoroughly curious to wonder like you know who are the people that listen to this podcast i would like to learn more like you know what's keeping you up at night heck that, actually that sounds like a pretty good subject like what's keeping you up at night let's yeah, answer that question uh feel free to yeah send me an email subject saying what's keeping it's called what's keeping me up at night and hopefully it's not like too ridiculous stuff i'm not like a, i don't know but like maybe like a random thought or a question that you don't know maybe i can help answer throw in my two cents whatever that's worth Oh, that's a two cents uh, but but overall uh, I, I do think uh, you know if you are an avid listener to the podcast and uh, you haven't said anything said hi or whatever you know you do you that's that's a, you know I I'm a, I'm a big fan of a lot of stuff I don't go out of my way to say thanks but uh, but I for me I, I do value I honestly value more of the input uh, than downloads for example uh, I don't know, to me, like, you guys take the time out of your day to send me an email or a request, and I'm never, I'm not going to guarantee I can do everything or anything, uh, or everything that you guys will want me to do, uh, but I'm always open to uh, new ideas, and I'm not afraid to talk about the idea in general or kind of what I think, and I'm not talking about startup ideas, I'm talking about, like, podcast episode ideas, things to talk about, because, uh, I don't know, my mind goes, like, a mile a minute, and, uh, Talking things out like th out loud like this actually helps me slow it down a little bit, uh, and I feel like I've done a lot better job compared to episode one. Like I almost want to do a reintroduction of of the podcast and say like, "Oh, here's what Jewelish is for real." Uh, because I don't know, I, I even thinking about my old episodes, it's it's absurd. So uh, I don't know. Are you guys like the only people that? Uh, maybe, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm the only one, but 
whenever I look at like my old photos and my stuff like I've written like a decade ago and yeah I'm getting that old now like a decade or so ago or 15 years ago it feels so cringe and I, that's what I feel like about this podcast is like you know I always felt I felt super weird with that even first or second episode um, until like I don't know like episode 8 or 9 where I wasn't trying to be like a try hard try to figure it out mode it's just I really just wanted to talk about things that really interested me and I didn't want to invest too much time like weeks into a subject and uh, it, when, you know when I already have a lot of things that I already have interest in that's all I'm saying however like I said I'm very open to I'm super open to feedback and uh, yeah and I certainly want to keep this podcast kind of like the way it is uh, in the sense of you know I don't want any I don't want to put any ads and I thought about uh, listings and sponsorships too I've been reached out again and I don't, I don't really want to do that, to be honest with you guys. I don't want to be sponsored. I, I, and I think the Patreon route is probably the best route of, uh, of I don't want to say of selling out, but it's, but at the end of the day, I just don't want, I don't want to spend 20 minutes talking about sponsors, like having interruptions, having ads, like the complete reason why I started this podcast was just because I wanted to help people get to sleep and is someone who has insomnia or you know who occasionally suffers from that um, who used to suffer from it like bigly a um, long time ago you know the things that all I want is just you know peace quiet and just something just something to stop me from thinking about not falling asleep uh, and you know and I can only use that my experience to use that experience to create this podcast and hopefully that's in alignment with what you guys want. And uh, and if if I'm heading in the right direction, let me know. Obviously, if not, then you feel free to send me the feedback, uh, whether or not I would agree with it or disagree with it. I don't know. Um, but at least with the core of it, that's kind of where the idea of the podcast came from. So any feedback or any things that you would like to have me talk about more or, or different subjects, I'm very open to that. And... Yeah, and I don't know. I, I read all the emails. I read all the comments. So I, I know I know dozens of us exist, you know. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, guys. We'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see where this uh, podcast is headed. But uh, but I, I do appreciate you guys downloading and listening as usual. And if you are awake, please, for the love of God, it's been an hour. I highly suggest take a shower. Take a shower right now. If you had not taken a shower, not taken a shower earlier in the night, take your damn shower. Why? Well, because it's, it's, it's part of my mission to help you guys fall asleep if you're still awake. I, I want you to take a shower. Listen to that white noise that has kind of been blended in, infused in your mind the last hour. Take the shower or just try to meditate in the shower. You can sit in the shower. I, I, I take my like 20, 30 minute showers. I like I like longer showers. They're dope. And just think about your day or think about tomorrow. That's it. Just think about tomorrow. Don't think about like what could go wrong. Think about, okay, how am I going to plan for tomorrow? What time am I going to wake up? You know, ignore the sleep. Just say like, close your eyes and be like, I'm thinking about what I want to make for breakfast tomorrow. What time do I want to get up regardless of sleep? 
know, what time do you want to get to work? Just work on scheduling your day. Just in your head. You don't have to write anything down. I think, at least in my experience, and like I said, hopefully this helps you guys. Just writing, writing something down requires more productivity, and sometimes that might not be the case for some people who have trouble sleeping. And I know the last time I said update your resume, so that would work for some of you, some of you won't. But I want to figure out that one trigger that makes you say, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then the moment you think about getting up and moving and actually doing the action, part of you might say, you know what, no, actually I really am tired. And then you'll feel a lot more tired and you might fall asleep like 10 times faster. And then the off chance that you do actually get up and take the shower, at least in my experience, having a nice warm shower, not a hot one, just a nice warm, soothing one, will still help you calm, relax, and collect your thoughts and get you thinking about tomorrow or the next day unless unless of you thinking about how you can't sleep. For me, that's the biggest thing that drives me insane. Personally, is that when I can't fall asleep, I think about how I cannot sleep. It's a, ter it's a terrible mindset, and I actually don't even like mentioning it right now because it's so late in the podcast. But if you're ready to sleep, then it's fine. But if you are awake, take the shower, relax. Think about tomorrow, specifically. Because today's already done. You're already in tonight. You should be, at least in theory, you know, reflecting on the day is probably ideal for most, like, I feel like most people, but um, sometimes we can't do that, and just let's, let's talk about tomorrow, it's what we can do tomorrow, and and see how we can plan and tackle that. We gotta we got do these things uh, one step at a time. At least that's how I see it. So until next time, folks, take care, and dream easy.